0: Hello, podcast world. Welcome to the Beers with Engineers podcast. My name is Bert Uschold, and this is episode number four. Today we talked to a very good friend of mine named Ken Stuber, who I met when I was a volunteer in Kentucky back in the 90s. Ken is a very creative and handy guy, and he worked a few years as an engineer for RCA, but has spent most of his career working for a nonprofit organization in Kentucky called the Christian Appalachian Project which is the same organization where I was volunteering. There he did home repair and built a few homes to help people in need, which is just the sort of thing that Ken would do. We talked a bit about his work there, and some of the fun that we've had camping in the woods together almost every year since then. Two of the projects we worked on during those camping trips were a zip line and a trebuchet. And then there's one other one which I'm not going to mention just yet. Why? because I messed up and didn't tell the one story about that project that I most wanted to tell. So now I've got to tell it here into the introduction without giving away too much. It was a summer Sunday morning and we were packing out after a weekend of camping. At the dock at the marina, where we were unloading our stuff, there was a guy just kind of watching us unload and trying to figure out exactly what was going on. And then my group came by and he saw us unload onto the dock an old twin-size bed frame, one of those metal ones with interwoven wires on the inside and some springs around the perimeter to give it a little bounce. Probably haven't even seen one in years. I heard him say, well, I thought I had it figured out until I saw that bed. Now that you're sufficiently intrigued, let's get right into the conversation with Ken. Thanks. Hi, welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Ken Stuber. Say hello, Ken. Hello, this is Ken Stuber. Ken, uh, Ken's a very good friend of mine who I first met uh, almost 30 years ago when I was a volunteer in the fine state of Kentucky. Uh, he had been an engineer for a few years before we met, and then after doing some volunteer work for the Christian Appalachian Project, where I also was volunteering, he stayed on without organization as an employee working in home repair uh, to help people who needed a little bit of assistance in their housing. Uh, For all of those 30 years, we've gotten together with a bunch of other men once a year for a weekend of camping out in the woods. There are unsubstantiated rumors that we consumed various quantities of beer and or bourbon during that time. Uh, Ken is known within that group of campers as the man who can do just about anything, and I can attest that that's pretty close to true. Uh, In fact, if there is a zombie apocalypse or a nuclear winter I'm going to be heading to Ken's house in Kentucky and hope that he opens the door and lets me in so we can ride whatever it is out together. All right, Ken, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: I'll let you in if you bring bourbon, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, stuff or cheap stuff? That doesn't matter at that point, you know.
0: See, but then everybody can come in now. i got to have something special to let me in because you don't want everybody Well,
1: you know, I know you, so, yeah. All right. That'll, that'll be the second the requirement that I know you and you bring bourbon. House. Sounds good. It's yeah. a deal. Yep. Uh, like you said, I've been uh, I've been with CAP for, well, 33 years, coming up next next week, actually. Worked for RCA before that. Graduated with a master's in electrical engineering from the University of Louisville. Uh, worked for RCA in Indianapolis and then came down here. Did home repair and other various things. Um have applied my engineering to uh, different things. It's working in a nonprofit with lots of non engineers, uh, there's, there's some challenges there. Um, I bet. So, but it's been good. Uh, but my wife is a volunteer. We started dating as volunteers and got married, and uh, like some other folks that I know. And
0: uh, we do have that in common as well. We both met our wives as volunteers in Kentucky.
1: Yep. I have four children, two of which are engineers, mechanical engineers now. Um, one's looking to be a doctor, and uh, one is uh, studying American Sign Language. Right. Awesome. Yep. That's cool.
0: My uh, my middle son, I talked to him the other day and said, you know, Luke, I think you might make a good engineer. And he said, yeah, a few people at school said the same thing to me, but I don't think I want to be an engineer. <laughs> no. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I don't think uh, – I don't think he hates the idea of it, but you know, there's aspects of it that he's not so sure about. But that, uh, mm-hmm. be that as it may.
1: Does he like math and, uh, and science?
0: Uh, yeah, he's pretty good at math. He's pretty good at science. He's creative, likes building things. And, uh, and actually, the thing he said, his concern was let me say it like this way what he likes about math is, is there's a right answer. And you know, his perception of engineering is there's not necessarily a right answer. And there's some truth to that, some truth to that.
1: Well, there's very, very few fields, actually. <laughs> Math may be one of them, but if he wants unless he wants to be a teacher, um, then that's, that's another whole different world there. Of, yep,
0: yep. Yep.
1: Yep. So
0: but uh, I am forgetting a very important part to this podcast is uh, we need to clarify what beer you are drinking? If you are in fact drinking a beer, I oh. think you saw. What do you have? What do you have I for us?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm drinking uh, a lager from the world, uh, the America's oldest brewery, Yingling.
0: The, the Yingling, right?
1: Yes. Uh, and good. Uh, good. That is so my, I I am just my beer, my beer choice. Your choice there. Okay.
0: Uh, I am drinking water, but I do have a. You, you, Ken can, can see this, but the rest of the world can't. A Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey Candy Bar. So it's a little <laughs> chunk of candy. And it's got maybe a teaspoon of Jack Daniels in it. And uh, when you uh, get off on some long soliloquy, I will pop it in because I don't want to have to talk and speak while I'm chewing chocolate and drinking Jack Daniels at the same time. <laughs> that, looks, uh, that looks delicious, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's got it. It's chocolate and it's whiskey. Yeah. And it's not like they go great together. It's not like they clash. It's just sort of, there's two flavors in your mouth and, you know, they're both good. Yep. Uh, All right. So the second thing that I forgot to do, uh, I like to start with, do you know any engineering jokes?
1: I um, used to, but yes, I do. I do know an engineering joke. And it's uh, so this uh, this golf club, the clubhouse, catches on fire, and um, the fire company comes and puts it out. But unfortunately, uh, there was some chemicals in there, and it caused the firefighters to to lose their sight. So uh, the people who own the uh, the trustees of the of the golf club got together and said, "Man, we." You know, they they save most of our clubhouse. And we got to repay him somehow. You know, and uh, the doctor says, you know, well, we should just, uh, you know, let them, let them play at a reduced rate. You know, and and they're like, well, you know, that that would be good, but they kind of play kind of slow. Um, so, and the teacher says, you know, you know, well, we just let them, you know, play either uh, with uh, with sighted people, and and that'll help them along, and then. Uh, The engineer says, uh, let's let him play at night. (laughs) Looks like you're muted. My sound went away. Yep, there you go. You're back.
0: Yeah, I I had to mute myself because while you were talking, I took that opportunity to eat that little piece of Jack Daniels chocolate and I started crunching into the microphone. I thought, well, that's not good. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So what I said while I was muted was uh, one of my favorite engineering jokes is a variation of that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Which, uh, But uh, anyways, that's a good one. Yeah, well, if they're blind, they can play at night.
1: That's right. So can right. play at
0: night. Very good. All right, so why did you become an engineer?
1: Well, let's see. When I was in high school, I, I liked math and I liked science. Um, I think in the 10th grade, the Army or somebody came in and did an aptitude test of, hey, what would you be good at? And... Engineering was, you know, I score very high in engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, well, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, there was a good engineering school where I lived, and at University of Louisville. Uh, so I lived at home and and went there. Got uh, I have a five five year master's degree program, and uh, so I said, that's that's for me, and that's why I. So became you're electrical. An I am.
0: I... <clears throat> <laughs> Because between you and Ed Bowles, I always get confused over who's mechanical and who's electrical. And at one point, I thought I was totally confused and you're both mechanical. So anyways, so you yep. are electrical.
1: Double you're E can. Mechanical. Yep.
0: You know what they say. You need, you got to have a double E if you want to make a geek, right? <laughs>
1: that's the first time I've heard that, but
0: yeah. You've never heard that? <laughs> no, um, no, I have not. Maybe that's just, maybe that's what we Emmys say about the double E, <laughs> e <all> around. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> you know, and we both, we can team up on the civils, right? You know, do you know that joke about uh, civil? En- yes,
0: they make uh, mechanical engineers make uh, weapons
1: and civil engineers make targets. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: We get a little assistance from the double E's as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we'll help you out there.
0: I appreciate that. Appreciate that.
1: All right. So, uh, what'd you do at RCA? I helped design uh, TVs. Okay. And, uh, I was hired to. This was back in 1984, and we were working on a chipset to do digital TV. Uh, at the time, mm. nobody had done that yet, um, so there was a team of us that was trying to develop that, and um, we got fairly fairly far along. But then, for whatever reason, they decided not to to pursue that anymore. we um, still doing CRTs, uh, uh, cathode ray tubes, and not the LED displays. Um, so then, at after, that time you mean? Yeah, at that time. And yeah. then, yeah. so after that, uh, worked on a, just, uh, the input, the audio input output board of a, of a standard TV. And then, uh, worked on a picture, pixi- picture in picture, um, module for a while. Mm-hmm. That was, that was coming on new. Um, worked on that. Um, the only one that went into production was the, uh, um, the one with the input, the audio input or audio video input and output board. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yep. All right. So you worked at RCA for a few years. You worked on some TVs for a few years. And then something happened where you decided to become a volunteer. Tell a mm-hmm. little about that, please.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I was just uh, heard the call to do mission work. Got kind of homesick. Indianapolis was a, a, an okay town, but just wasn't home and um just following my faith i was heard the call to do mission work and didn't want to go overseas didn't speak any foreign languages so i said well
0: like british english
1: yeah british english or or <laughs> you know spanglish or whatever so i decided I'll, I'll just go to kentucky um i was on the christian Appalachian projects donor i was a donor to them um and a friend of mine's brother had come down for a summer and he thought he had a good experience that the organization was good so I said well I'll give it a try for three months and um, so I came in June of 90 and uh, worked as a summer camp counselor which is quite the difference from being an engineer um, <laughs> and um, so but really liked the organization I like the people um, the other volunteers that uh, that I, that I ran into and um, went back and was trying to discern what I wanted to do. Painted my dad's house um, and the only thing I wanted to do was go back to camp. So that's what I did and signed up to be a, a long-term one-year volunteer, uh, Haven't never left. Met Anne-Marie as we were dating and the rest, as they say, is why.
0: Yeah, so when I started volunteering, I had been laid off prior to that. And yeah, it's a very, very different life, excuse me, life as an engineer. And I remember telling people that uh, the most difficult part of my day was after I got home from work, I had to decide whether to read the newspaper on the porch swing or on the uh, rocking chair on the porch. (laughs) That's, that's what, uh, that was my tough decision for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, I exaggerated a little bit, but all right, so that, uh, so you volunteered summer camp and then came back as a volunteer and worked in home repair, correct?
1: Yeah, I worked in uh, what the program was called outreach for a while. I was an outreach caseworker, which did uh, like uh, utility assistance. Uh, they also had a gardening uh, component where uh, we would give out garden seeds in the spring and um, and tomato plants and and that kind of thing. And I think I'm, I'm proud to say I, I probably set the single day uh, visitation record uh delivering tomato plants Uh, one day i think i (laughs) I visited 17 different people (laughs) Wow! but you know i had my map and i got my map out in an engineering way and just decided like here's the most efficient way of getting to all my participants and yeah so i was rolling and yep yep it was a lot of fun yeah
0: i think uh, speaking of efficiency i know i think it was ups maybe fedex maybe both of them like for like the new york city Drivers, they plan their routes so they don't take left turns. Uh huh. So they may drive a little bit further, but they don't have left turns because that takes longer. I can see so, that. Yep. All matter of perspective.
1: Yep.
0: When did you go from outreach to home repair? Was that not till you were an employee?
1: No, actually, I did. I think I did outreach for about nine months, and in in that time, I became friends with the, the one of the home repair guys, and Um, worked with them a day or two, just kind of on the... I wasn't too busy. I'm like, well, you know, my dad was a carpenter. And uh, I said, well, let's see what that looks like. And um, then they had a group that came in, and uh, a volunteer group of, I think, they might have been college students, but anyway. So helped lead them doing uh, putting a new roof on an elderly couple's house. I said, boy, you know, this is... More of my speed, actually, than than, than uh, working in, in the outreach program. Mm-hmm. So uh, I re, recommitted, re-upped, and said, okay, I'll be in home repair uh, for another 9, 12 months. And, uh, that's <clears throat> so I did that, and then one of the, the lead people, the crew leaders, retired, and uh, an employee position opened up. Mm-hmm. And I applied, and they said, okay, come on in. So... That's what I did.
0: So you said, I think it was, the home repair seemed to be a little more in line with your interest, skills, abilities, personality, whatever, than the outreach. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I'll I'll put words into your mouth because it's closer to engineering, or what do you think that would be?
1: It was uh, more of a thing project than a people project. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> to be to be quite honest, part of this, outreach was, you know, um, meeting people, talking to people and, you know, and home repair was building things and mm-hmm. so that that was more more my my forte, I guess. Right. Not that I was antisocial or anything, but I think just in general engineers like things more than people. <laughs> That's and it's a broad
0: generality, but sure, sure. I was, most stereotypes have some grounding in truth. In
1: <laughs> well, it's yeah. You know, in my in my case, it wasn't stereotyping. It was it was just me. <laughs> sure,
0: sure. All right. So you did a lot of years of home repair, and I've heard a few stories about projects. Uh, tell me about a job that was a big challenge, and that you solved it and you're very satisfied with the way it ended. So the challenges that <laughs> you weren't yet. satisfied with. Oh. Let's hear the happy ending story.
1: All right. Well, actually, I think one of the the challenges was uh, when we were building the Jackson County Volunteer House. Okay. in, in which I think you lived for
0: for I a while. lived in there for about a year or so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you know it has a vaulted ceiling in it. And in that vaulted ceiling there is uh, three two by twelves nailed together at about a height of about 16-18 feet. Well um, didn't have a crane, didn't have any kind of lifting equipment at all. So well I gotta get I gotta get this thing up to the top. So <laughs> I used a truck jack <laughs> and an A frame on both ends and I would jack one end up, you know, 12, 15 inches, and and nail or screw the, uh, the a brace across the A-frame on one side, go to the other side, or maybe I could use two jacks at once. I don't know if I had two right. truck, two, tr- but anyway. And you know, I had the I had the A-frames uh, brace so they wouldn't wobble or move or anything, and I jacked it up to the top of the wall and set it in place, and it's still there. There you go. <laughs> so that was one of the more, uh, I guess, engineering type things of uh, of a challenge because it weighed too much for anybody to lift it. Um, yeah. Yep. yep. And yeah, probably wasn't the most safe thing that I've ever done. But <laughs> but you know, I had I had braces on it and and it didn't have anybody under it and and so I thought I was very satisfied with that.
0: Yeah, I, I had a slightly similar experience. I was making, I don't know, we'll call it a swing set for my kids. It was basically a big, large beam connected to two trees. And Mm -hmm. I think I had like three 2x12s nailed together, and it was probably 20 feet long. So getting the first end up wasn't too bad. So we'll get that up because, you know, half of it was resting on the ground. Getting that other one up in the air was a little bit more trouble. And so what I ended up doing, you know, being the engineer, hey, what are those engineering tools? Levers and pulleys. Mm -hmm. So I went to Home Depot, bought a few pulleys. And I think I had two, maybe three pulleys to, uh, you know, wind it around and get that mechanical advantage.
1: You made a block of time.
0: I forget exactly why, but I think I actually tied it to my lawn tractor (laughs) and had that pull it. Maybe I had my wife drive it. To pull it out a little bit while well, I was there going a little more, a little more, stop. And then <laughs> yeah. banged it in or drilled it. No, I think what I did, uh, I put like a, uh, you know, a two by four, two by six that I nailed into the tree. And that just held it up temporarily. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, got a big bolt or a big drill and built some like, you know, half inch by, you know, 12 inch lag bolts into the tree. And uh, that sucker's been there probably, oh 15 years, close to that now.
1: Well good and uh, well with the tree trees don't grow up they grow out so it wouldn't have changed the height much but um, right yeah right. that's cool yeah, yeah blocking... actually
0: it, it was cool. it was mounted to the trees tangentially to the two it wasn't center to center it was like kind of tangent to tangent uh-huh so you didn't have the issue of the trees trying to grow around and compress it which they wouldn't compress it but Mm -hmm. it would leave a dent as Mm -hmm. it tried to grow around that piece of wood right there in the middle
1: yep yeah yeah block and tackles are are wonderful things i use it um, just this past couple of weeks when uh took a couple of deer and um, hung them up in a shed so hooked them up and so i could skin them and butcher them and so. so
0: how much does a deer weigh when you're dressing? After it's dressed and you're hanging it up like that?
1: Um, a good sized doe is probably a 100, 110 A buck okay. will will go, you know, hundred and fifty. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's kind of hard to lift up high off over you your head. Yes. Yeah. With any sort of control.
1: Strapping boys, they 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 appreciate the mechanical advantage also. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What uh,
0: was it? Uh, uh, I don't know if anyone else said it. Someone else has probably said it, but you know, necessity is the mother invention, and pretty sure laziness is the father.
1: Yep. I always say for a long time. Yeah, I I say necessity is a mother. (laughs) (laughs) That
0: that, uh, motivates us quite well. Yes, it It does. All right, so we we mentioned our, our camping in the woods, which we fondly call Manly Man Weekend. Yep. And. I think the, the times we've, I guess, arguably said that we've worked together have been at Manly Man. So there's the four things that, well, i got to say, you were you were the engineer. I just sort of helped out a little bit and kibitzed and kind of threw stones here or there as if not <laughs> Yes. But so there was, the first one was the zip line in the woods. Yep. And that was set up you know 100 feet how long was that do you remember
1: I don't know offhand but if i had a if i had a guess 30 40 40 40 yards 120 130 yards okay 100 feet yeah.
0: yeah i was thinking like 100 feet so mm-hmm. 30 yep. 40 yards that's it yeah so so we had i sorry i'm gonna steal your thunder it's my show uh we by we i mean you uh, with some help <laughs> set it up where we had one end tied to a tree up in the woods. The other end was between two trees at the end of the woods on a 10- or 15-foot cliff into the water. Yep. So you, you get up there, and you, you zip down, and you let go, and we were like 10, 15 feet above the water or above the cliff, and then it was like a 20, 30-foot fall into the water. Yeah. And uh, the, the the trick there was to let go soon enough because if you waited until <laughs> the roller... Bottomed out, that gave you a little <laughs> rotating momentum and yeah. you didn't land feet first. And there yeah. are a few people that learned that lesson the hard way.
1: Yeah, that was the second year. Actually, we, we did it twice. First year, um, it went off very well. Uh, and, and I think everybody kind of learned. Uh, I think I was the first one to do it and it went off just fine. And right. um, this. And the, but the, and one of the things that I'm, I'm kind of proud of is that we set it up. We brought everything in on canoes. <laughs> I was just gonna make sure people knew that. This yeah, wasn't
0: like we drove up with our pickup truck. No, this was a,
1: this was you know uh, a 30-minute paddle by canoe, you know, on a on a lake, and we brought a 15 or 16-foot uh, extension ladder. Yep. <laughs> so. We had it off <laughs> We were basically. We loaded in the. We got ourselves in the canoe, and then somebody set the the ladder on top of us. Basically, so we sat <laughs> between the rungs of the ladder, and we rode across the lake. If we'd have had that's a,
0: a, that's a good picture in my mind. I
1: love that. Yeah, me and me and uh, me and me and Pete. Yeah, yeah, and, yep. and uh, so that would be uh, yeah if we had tipped over i'm sure we would have drowned because oh, have been some, uh, yeah. <laughs> it would have been terrible not been good yeah but we had, we had to have used the ladder to you know set up the the terminus and the and the the putting things where they needed to be and yeah, yeah.
0: well then we used the ladder just to get up to
1: and then the ladder right the bar yeah the first one yeah we had a yep so the second year i think Probably we had some heavy-duty fellas go on the thing, and I think they actually compressed or they flattened the pulley, and so it was a lot slower. So, you know... I think they recall that. The first few times we did it, you know, you would zip down there, and you had plenty of momentum, and you had no problem letting go before you hit the terminus, and you know you'd hit the water. And then after a few of the heavy-duties went through... You weren't going quite as fast, and so you had a tendency to hang on too long. A little longer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think it, I'd rather
0: uh, land in water on my head than on rocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs>
1: exactly, yeah. But, All uh, right, so,
0: so that was project number one, the mm-hmm. zip line. Yep. Uh, the next one, what do you like to call the next one? The different names we've had for it.
1: Um, probably the manipult. Is that the where The manipole.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is somewhat poorly named because it's more a slingshot than a catapult.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep, it is. So but, I'll, let
0: you, I'll give you the honors for describing that one.
1: Well, uh, basically it was a way of flinging, uh, flinging men into the water. Um so it consisted of uh, like a, a
0: off same cliff, but just a different location. Actually,
1: say, yeah, it's the same area, but it was a little closer to the water. you didn't have it didn't have quite the the drop, um, so it was basically a a, a set of uh, twin size bed springs that I bolted a handicap bar on the bottom and that's what you stood on and then it took six garage door springs right. um, three on each side connected them to two trees and then a uh, ton and a half come along that would uh, stretch the, <laughs> stretch the thing as you were on it basically that's how you would you would load load the thing so you didn't want Hold to get back. on it. You didn't want to get on it. You know, af- after it was compressed, so you had a you had a stay there while the thing was back back back. You know, crank 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 crank. The trigger was a, a, a basically a brass pin on a on a on a horseshoe pin, and you just. Tink, I think that's what most people remember. You tapped, remember. It, out. You tapped yeah. it out, but it wasn't predictable. So you, you hit it. It may or may not go. It's like dry fire, or not dry firing, but dead, uh, a dud, dud firing, and but then. The,
0: but the funny thing about that was, there was a delay, so you'd hear the tink, <laughs> and you'd think it wasn't it, but like a half second or a second later, I was like, whoa, I'm moving out. I'm going.
1: Yeah. Yep. So you like oh,
0: that's another title? Well, it's not. No,
1: it's not. <laughs> and uh, you know, everybody not everybody did it, but most people do it. Did it, but only nobody ever did it twice. <laughs> you only did, did it nobody once. Do it twice? Nobody ever did it twice. I don't think. Not even Holman. Not even Holman. And okay. it was like basically because it went from you went from zero to, you know, whatever. It's like getting hit with a flash water. Basically, yeah. is what it, is what it was like. um It flung you out there, you know, 10, 15 feet. You cleared a cliff without too much problem. Right. But you were... I remember we
0: tested it with a big log.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The log log didn't hit the water. And then Holman got... Safety first. Safety first. Yeah, yeah. Safety first. Yeah. (laughs) And then Holman got on it. and (laughs) (laughs) He was one of the larger fellas. So uh, if he was successfully launched, then pretty much everybody else would, would be also. So... And I think yeah. it's
0: worth noting that our first guinea pig on that is now a Catholic priest. In, uh, <laughs> yeah. In yeah. It Owensboro?
1: Where is yes. he? Yeah, in the, you know, the Diocese of Owensboro, Kentucky. Yep. All
0: right. Okay, so that was Zipline, that's Manipult. So I mentioned four things. You two remember the third. You might not remember the fourth, but we'll get there. Yep. Uh, the third one was, wasn't a catapult.
1: It was probably the trebuchet, right? The trebuchet. The trebuchet. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that was a little later on, um, we did our manly men camp out, uh, in a, in our summer camp grounds and, uh, I had approached the, the camp manager saying, Hey, as a, as a summer activity, how about we have the, the, the campers come through and I'll introduce them to the, the theory and the workings of a trebuchet and, um. Then we'll build one, and then then we can launch, and then we'll have you know little walls of two by fours that they can fling the trebuchet projectile, which we use a lacrosse ball for it, um, and maybe we can you know destroy or knock down walls. Yep. And uh, but the majority of the work building the thing was one we did that on what the Saturday. Or maybe it was Saturday, Saturday, yeah. the Saturday of a <clears throat> yep. of a manly man weekend, yep. and uh, put it together. I don't think we got it to launching status. I think uh, no, we
0: lost a few things.
1: Did we? Okay.
0: We definitely lost a few things. I think you made some improvements afterwards, but
1: yeah, yeah. My son uh, Joseph and I we we were the ones that uh, basically went through it, and uh, that was a, that was a fun project. It was frustrating because I could never get any kind of consistency with the thing. Hmm. And, um, it's because you you're a double and not a mechanical guy. I, I guess I don't <laughs> know. I, possibly. I don't, I'd tweaked everything that I knew to try. If it was to... a rail gun,
0: it would have worked fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. We would have. Yeah. We would have yeah, wreaked some havoc. But it would throw it out there pretty well. Uh, it yeah. was just unpredictable where it went. And um, you know, I shortened and lengthened and do different weights, and uh, I mean, I tried all all my tricks, but never yeah. could get it to, yeah. to hit the same place twice, but uh, right. but it was a lot of fun. I built a little mini one that we would work. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did, um, and I, I, I put together a video of different YouTube videos of, uh, of people, you know, the theory of the trebuchet, and then also there was some, I think it was over in Scotland or something. But it was like a two-week manly man with Scottish folks. And I, oh, yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine the, the alcohol. The Highlanders. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, they, they make <laughs> us look
0: like girly girls. Oh,
1: man, yeah. But anyway, they, so they built an actual brick wall, you know, like a brick wall, and, and they built two trebuchets, and they were throwing like bowling ball type things at them oh, yeah. and, or bigger. And they, they hit the wall several times, and um, that inspired me. I'm like, oh, we can do that.
0: Well, you know what I saw? Just a YouTube video. This is a number of years ago. But somebody made a trebuchet business card. Hmm. So it's probably a little bit larger than standard, but it had a couple of lines. You folded it here, folded it there. Uh, you, you got like four pennies or five pennies that you taped together. And you had a slot to put that in, and so that was your counterweight. And then I think you had a couple of uh, paper clips. Uh, one was a hook, and then another paper clip. Just you would fling it, Huh. and it, you know that little thing. It flung a paper clip, yeah, three or four feet, just with yeah. a few pennies. <laughs> I'll have to uh, look that one up. Uh, if I think about it, I'll throw that in the uh, the show notes so people can look up the Trebuchet business card.
1: Yeah. That's cool. I think they they in the uh pumpkin chunkin uh contest, they have a a trebuchet category. Okay. Yeah, Actually, that makes sense. you know, cuz most cuz the, they they used well they used to um compressed air, you know, like a t-shirt cannon basically or but it was a pumpkin cannon. They and compressed air was that was the ultimate, you know. Yeah. But but so uh, they had
0: for for chunkin pumpkins, the beauty of the trebuchet is it starts very slowly
1: yes exactly and really
0: builds up that speed whereas a catapult and you know cannon that's you know that initial speed that kind of destroys that pumpkin so you got to be really careful and acceleration is a, a key key factor there
1: yeah yeah the, the there's, there's several like novas and 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 specials of of, of the pumpkin chunk and it's over delaware i think maybe i forget but anyway um yeah, if you crank it up too much, you just get you know an orange mist coming out of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they were flinging those things, maybe half a mile or more. Maybe oh, jeez! It was crazy. I mean, yes, and they were, uh, of course, engineers, bearing who they are. You know, they were uh, growing pumpkins with extra thick skins that would withstand. You know, <laughs> 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 they they were <laughs> they were, they had hybrids. You know, of, of oh, jeez. Yeah,
0: yeah. these are my carving pumpkins, these are my sugar pumpkins, these are my
1: chunkin' pumpkins. <laughs> these are my chunkin' pumpkins. <laughs>
0: They're solid. Yeah. With nothing inside.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have way of um, one seed in them, you know, kind of thing.
0: Humans and their toys, my goodness yes. gracious. Mm-hmm. All right, so the, the fourth project, we didn't actually work on face-to-face, and it was not a fun element. But it was very useful. Do you remember the, uh, the shower trailer?
1: Yes. I don't remember the shower trailer. Well, yeah, there's been several shower trailers. I didn't realize that you were part of that.
0: There was one, I think, it was one you were putting together. So it was a few years, probably not a few years, probably a few months after Katrina. Yep. And uh, Cap was sending a crew down there, and the powers that be said, "Hey, we should bring a some sort of trailer for people to take showers." Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess you, being the engineer in the organization, you were dubbed uh, that responsibility and uh, I know we had two or three phone calls and we had a code of the ba- you know basic plan and there were a couple of things we weren't sure about and we kind of hashed through some different ideas hmm and uh, I think that ultimately worked
1: yeah I think we well, actually we've built there was there was a couple of smaller ones that we built on on, on they were basically two unit jobs or maybe just one unit that was on a you know a 10 or 12 foot trailer you could pull behind a a um, pickup truck um, okay and that's what we pulled down to Katrina not long after that i actually designed a 10 unit one <laughs> that you pulled behind it was basically a tractor trailer it was you know we had an old you know uh, box trailer and so i put I think I put five on one side and five on the other for men and women. We used uh, instantaneous water heaters and and all that. So yeah. So
0: basically, you, you just parked this thing, you plugged in a couple of hoses, and it had it have uh, was it electric powered or was it gas powered? How did Pro, propane
1: fire? Propane fire. Propane fired. Fired. Yeah.
0: yeah. so All no, they needed it, was water. And basically, so could, well, you uh, had electric
1: because well, we had light, we had lights on it and okay, sure, sure, sure. And uh I think the the uh the instantaneous water heaters did probably could have did without it, but I think they used electric as as the fire because every time you had demand for the water, it would light the it would light the uh the pilot or basically it didn't have a pilot light, it was just a spark, and I think electronic they use yeah electronic spark. So you had to plug that in, but it was minimum. But you still had to have it, you know. All right. But uh, yeah, we had lights in it, and so that was electric. But yeah, it was minimum. You could pull it up, and you know, to a school or to a church or something, and um, depending on city codes of where the effluent went, it was just uh, wasn't black water; it was gray water. So, yeah, right, right. you know, um, some some places were a little more particular about where you put that, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I'm sure there were many a happy volunteer who, you know, went down to mm-hmm. help post-Katrina and said, wow, I can actually get a hot shower or a hot dog. Yeah,
1: yeah. we used that at Ichthus for a couple of years also, which was oh, yeah? a, the Christian uh, music festival in Wilmore, Kentucky. And okay. uh, so, you know, we used it as a, kind of as a, Um, Fundraising and and cap awareness kind of thing. You know, two bucks for a hot shower and people were lining up for it.
0: (laughs) There you go. That's not bad. Yeah. Make money uh, doing marketing as opposed to spending money to do marketing. Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant.
1: (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah.
0: All right. Um, Okay. So with all your years doing uh, home repair, in kentucky did you ever consider starting your own company and doing the old uh ken stuber construction
1: no not really um i've done a few side jobs as far as uh uh, rehabs a couple at church that had a a daughter that um was in a wheelchair so uh, i kind of re-outfitted their kitchen they got a grant, uh, so I got paid for it. It was a side job. Um, sure. But it's it's more of a service thing rather than a, you know, if I was in it for money, then I wouldn't have worked for a nonprofit. Right, so, right,
0: yep, yep.
1: So, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm getting to the age now where, you know, uh, retirement is in the next decade or less, next yep. half decade, and... Demand may be such that uh, I think handyman services will always be in demand. I don't think uh, AI will replace handyman. Handyman. Yeah, not anytime soon.
0: Yeah. We don't have the Jetsons robots <laughs> a few years away. Yeah. A few years away. Yeah.
1: If that's the case, then I'll just buy a lot of beer, I think, and <laughs> and watch them work. That'd be kind All of
0: right. cool. So let me ask this: So in the thirty-some years of doing home repair slash construction uh what's changed as far as from the technology and tools perspective maybe for good or for bad
1: yeah um in tools uh, uh the cordless cordless tools uh, are, are dominating it now you know yeah it's kind of what per, i thought when i first started you know we there was no there was no you know battery operated tools um so everything had a cord on it so if you if you didn't have electricity, you, you know, you used a handsaw, you didn't do the work. And right. we didn't use handsaws very often. Yep. Um, or you had a generator or something like that. that what they
0: called? To... The, the screw, the the Armstrong drill?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. You got yeah. the
0: thing, you just turn it for an hour and you hole. <laughs> <you're> all...
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My dad had several That's of those. That's the way those. they used to do it. Oh, yeah. That's My dad, I, I have, I have several of his tools and, uh. You know, they had, you know, cranks on them and, and what have you and gears that made it easier. But it was yeah. still not like grabbing the, the DeWalt 20 volt and, you know. Yep. Well, there was,
0: it, uh, I think the movie was, I want to say American Gangster that was um, dug on it. Denzel Washington starred in it. It was like the Black Mafia or whatever. I think it took place in the 60s. The setting was like in the 60s. And there's one scene where, and I think part of it's historical, uh, where they did this big heist at, uh, I think it was Newark Airport. And part of the scene, they got these crates that need to open up and they're screwed closed, and they got a whole bunch of cordless drills. And it's going, yeah, I don't think they really had those back in 1965 (laughs) or whatever, whatever year that was.
1: Yeah. Huh
0: re the same question with a different focus. So what's changed in the last 30 years as far as, you know, the poverty, the people needing help, I guess,
1: do you think you helped move the needle? Ah, uh, I think so. Um, did I personally help? I think, you know, on an individual basis, I think there's families that are better off now than, than before I came. Mm-hmm. Uh, in general, I think CAP has has, has moved the needle, uh, and because um, there's counties now. I mean, there's the ARC uh, Appalachian Regional Commission has um, data that shows you know whether or not a county is distressed or attaining or attained as far as what the median income is. I forget there's three different. I used to know this because I, I did this for a while anyway there's three different factors that says you know when you're you know how basically how poor the county is and uh, there's several counties that we were no longer in because they are you know in a much better shape you know of course right. there's there's always individuals in, 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 in any county that are, are going to be um, you know below the poverty line is and but they're 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 fewer and um, Part of that is, you know, just the expansion of jobs, availability, uh, technology. You know, Lexington is, is getting more affluent, so there's people mm-hmm. that live in, in the counties uh, uh, in Appalachia that can, you know, commute to, to Lexington or, or, or Madison County, that kind of thing, that yep, yep. can get a decent decent paying job. and So I think that, that always helps.
0: All right. Uh, what's a non-engineering hobby you like? I think you may have mentioned one before, but
1: well, um, I like hunting and fishing, being out, out being outdoors. Yep. Um, like woodworking. So that's sort of it's more creative. What's your favorite
0: woodworking project you've completed?
1: Uh, I built a rocking chair. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, from. Um, some basically two by twos that were um it was an african wood and um they were designed to be used as spindles but it was so hard that it was really you really couldn't use them um so i uh i I think i I had a a basic design but i adapted a, a, a plan and glued some of them up for the wider pieces and um I've got a planer and and a and a, and a bandsaw and, and and some basic woodworking tools, and it, it came out really good. And then I, I weave the the back and the uh, the seat out of uh, shoot, don't know can't whatever. anyway. It's 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 a it's a woven type of uh, right. seat yep. back and seat. Yeah.
0: So what did you do for I don't know the legs, the the rails, the things that rock.
1: Yeah, um, I glued I glued those up. Basically, I I planed them down to you know one by one by twos, glued okay. them together. You know, so
0: one one inches was small enough to get the, an arc to it.
1: Uh, no, I think I probably. boy, it's been a while, but anyway, basically, I just dumped. Yeah, I glued them up, and when you if you looked at it, it was thicker in the middle than it was at the end. I don't know if that makes sense, but anyway, not thicker, but wider. So that the, when I put my template on it, you know, it would go across maybe three, three wide.
0: So you cut it to shape, you didn't form it to shape.
1: Correct, yeah.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, 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 I glued them up. Sometimes
0: those rocking chairs, are they, they form the legs, or yeah, it's probably done all sorts of different ways.
1: Yeah, I think and not so much maybe on the on the on the rocking part of it, but I've seen them. Uh, you can steam steam bend um, right, right. like the on the back of it, if you want to if you want a bent back, then you can do that to give you a little uh, concave uh, right. form. But it would be tough on the on the legs, not the legs but on the rocker part of it. Yeah.
0: Well, uh Next time we go to Krakow, we'll have to study the uh, the rocking chairs <laughs> on the porch there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as they right. don't uh, call us too too quickly. <laughs> that's,
0: right. <laughs> that's right. Okay. One last question, and this is the the grab bag question, where I have a list of ten sort of random, pointless questions. You pick a number, and that's the question that I ask you. Okay. So number from one to ten. What do you like? Seven. Number seven. What is something on your personal bucket list?
1: Well, it's funny that you you would ask that. I was just talking to one of my coworkers today and talking about five-year plans and you know the the old story or joke, whatever. Was, you know how you make God laugh? Tell him your five-year plans. You know because, <laughs> yeah, right, because things change so much. So. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm not that much of a planner, you know. In in five years, I hope to hope to be retired. Um, probably still live in the same place, still have good health. Um, that's not really much of a bucket list, though, is it? it Any place uh, you want to visit? Hmm. I was talking to a guy today about taking a cruise. and If you want to, he went to the Bahamas. And he says, if you go to the Bahamas, then they have like a private island. That's where you want to go for the beach. Um, but don't need to get off the boat and go to, you know, the tourist trap type things. Mm-hmm. I forget who it right. who was that I was talking to. But anyway, that, that's funny that that would come up. So maybe taking a cruise. My brother, I think, he didn't make it in for Thanksgiving because he was in Antarctica. And, Antarctica, and Antarctica because yeah, he was on a cruise in Antarctica because I think that was the seventh continent he wanted to visit. I think that okay, they completed his seven continent uh, tour. So we talked about cruises. So yep. probably just a cruise, yeah, right. yeah. It's not bad. That's a
0: good thing. Yeah. Well, i have kind of just wrapped up, Ken. Any uh, anything? Any last thing on your heart that you have to get off, Any questions you want to ask me?
1: Are we going to do it in What's... June or July?
0: <laughs> oh, Manly Man Weekend? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we got to talk about July because I have class till the end of June.
1: Yeah, yeah. I commend you on your on your uh, diaconate uh, pursuit uh that's, that's quite worthy and and, and congratulations and, and thank you for doing that so
0: yep, yeah thank you yep yep that uh something i started uh, a year and a half ago something mm-hmm. like that yep no a little more than a year ago yeah and um no i've got we finally got a break we had classes started like january 2nd and we had a couple of breaks of less than two weeks mm. and uh i'm <clears> now <throat> two weeks into my break we don't have any classes till uh like january 9th or something like that so Enjoying my break and interviewing people for a cool podcast.
1: Cool. So, all
0: right. Well, that wraps it up. Ken, all right. Thank you very much for your time. And
1: thank you. And
0: uh, I think you're my first uh, person to actually go for a second beer
1: during the podcast. <laughs> well, actually, it was I... my my third one because of...
0: <laughs> third of the evening, second of the podcast.
1: Yes. Yeah. Sorry about that, uh, but i was downstairs. And, so,
0: yeah, and uh, I, I've still got. Uh, most of my candy bar of Jack Daniels. Here. I did have one, which, uh, of course, I totally messed up the podcast because I muted and forgot to unmute it. <laughs> <But that's> it. <laughs> you, you, can, right.
1: you can overcome that. That's right. All right. Yeah. Ken, appreciate your time. Have a good evening. All right. Let me know when uh, when it gets published. we well, Will do. Uh, thank will you. Do. All right. Talk to that
0: wraps up today's episode of the Beers with Engineers podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to like, subscribe, give a rating, most importantly tell your friends whether they are an engineer or not happy to have them listen any comments and suggestions are welcome and encouraged if you would like to be a guest on the podcast or know somebody that you think might be a good guest on the podcast please let us know that too until next time this is Bert saying goodbye